Welcome to the American Contractor Stories. I'm John Dye. And I'm Leanne Koppel. We are interviewing some amazing contractors and letting them share their stories. These stories are not just going to entertain you, but they're going to inspire you to go out and live the American dream. Because that's exactly what they are doing. So let's dive in. Well, welcome back to American Contractor Stories. Welcome, welcome. Love stories. Oh, yeah, we didn't tell you what this no. was. Oh. <laughs> we just grabbed Reggie Brock from up there and said, hey, come sit in front of this microphone. Just a piece of meat. You're just shuffling me around on your show. <laughs> He's like, oh, stories. Yes, yeah, stories, what of course. Stories? <laughs> yes, that's welcome. what we're here for. Welcome to, the, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm always glad to see both of you. You know that. Yeah, we're excited, too. We yeah. love you, obviously. That's why we grabbed you and brought you over here. Yeah, we were like, well, Reggie's here. We have to go talk to Reggie for a few <laughs> minutes because obviously Reggie's going to just bring some incredible heat just off the cuff with no preparation, which actually I think this is the best form of Reggie. I mean, oh, I don't know about that, but I enjoy <laughs> that version of Reggie more than any others. Because yes. when I start preparing, things seem to fall apart, and I don't get that. There's something probably weird about that. I think you that. overthink it. But, Maybe. But the problem is my brain doesn't really go to that depth of a level. So I think it's an accusation that there's no evidence of. I think that's false. But anyways, we're in Tampa. Yes. Yes, we are. At uh, the Bucks Stadium. Yeah. Tom Brady just walked through the door. Yeah. And I'm just, I wish, right? Mm. I, I think don't. He, I mean, <laughs> You don't? Uh-oh. I'm not a Brady fan. No, I'm sorry. I'm not need, either. Is this like common? Are, are Bucks fans just not Brady fans? I don't think that they really embraced him. You know, I mean, it's like a short-term win a Super Bowl. He kind was of a rent a, rent a quarterback. Yeah, rent a quarterback. And he oh just, my God. yeah. I mean, he came in and I think he absolutely helped win a championship. But there's nobody crying that he's gone. Yeah. Really? I don't think, it no. was temporary. He was, yeah, like you said, yeah. a rent a quarterback. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, that's kind of common. We had Philip Rivers for a while. That's and right. We had like 10 rent a quarterbacks in Indianapolis, and I think we finally Still got, hadn't won. We, well, we know. didn't have any good quarterbacks. Yeah. I didn't know Philip Rivers went there. Yeah, yeah, he was with us for like three years, I think. And uh, After the Chargers? After the Chargers, and we what? just, you know, we, we're just, we're, we're, we're praying for Indianapolis. Yeah, mm. I'll pray someday, for you. Someday, someday we'll be good <laughs> again. Peyton Manning's Maybe. gone. Andrew Luck's gone. It is what it is. Yeah. So, but anyways, mm. we're with Reggie Brock. Yep. Yes, we are. And Roofing uh, Reverend, dude, your story <laughs> is really awesome into this industry and yes. what you've been able to do, and I think what you've got going your way is just incredible. And I think your story is also still being written, which yes. is really yeah. cool. Which we don't really talk about much in the stories episodes about how people's stories are a continuation. They're not over. We're yeah. just getting the version up until now. Yeah. yeah. We talk a lot about the beginnings and how you got started, but I think it's going to be really interesting talking about how you're still going and yeah. how you're still g- doing it. And I think th- I think your story has restarted again. Yeah, that's it. That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, it's just kind of a rebirth. You know, it's like a new episode of the same book, right? It's right. just like we've added yeah. two. And, you know, I think what's interesting is – there is not an there's an expiration date on everybody's life, but until I know it, which I never will, because I'll be gone and won't recognize it. But until that time comes, there's opportunity to restart and rebuild and regrow and just do a lot of different things. And you know, this is something that's been building for me. I've had a really fun and enjoyable career, but I feel now that I'm called to do some things that affect people in a different way, and I'm grateful that I've still got the juice to do it. 
You got plenty, yeah. plenty of juice left. It's yeah. your timing. Yeah. It's, this is the We've timing. We've talked about that before. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, it, and I, I told somebody the other day, I'm like, look, everything I have done till now has brought me and prepared me for this moment. Yeah. Right. So if you look at your life as a series of connectors, like, like when I'm going, I, and most people who know me realize I've had a lot of different jobs mm-hmm. in roofing for 13 years. I mean, I've done a lot of different things. And to be honest with you, and just to be truthful, it's it bothered me because I've been like, I can't stay anywhere. I mean, I was at Beacon for three and a half years. Yeah, give us was, the cliff notes real quick from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, so I was in the insurance bit when I got out of, I went to college and I studied, I was a biblical studies major. Yep. And so I left. Which, which school is that? Evangel. Evangel, yeah. okay. Springfield, Missouri. And so uh, I got out of college, went on the evangelistic field, and I traveled and I spoke at churches all across the country for years and got married somewhere in the middle of that. And um, to the at, amazing Connie. No. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. <gasps> Back up. Dear. Dear. Did I mess something up here? Dear. I knew that part of the story. I didn't know what? this part of the story. The I'm heck? sorry. You don't have to That's sorry okay. to me. When Connie sees you, then's Ooh. when it'll start. That was the first Mrs. Brock. I'm telling Connie on you. I almost want to cut this all out. <laughs> Please don't. This will make my trip. Oh this my gosh. This will make my trip. I messed this up. <laughs> no, this is the first Mrs. Brock. Okay. Yes. And so okay. Uh, not the real one. No. Okay. That, right. Yeah. Wow. Th- this was no the, this is the one that yeah, it didn't work. And okay, so okay, okay. five years into it, um I came home one day and all my clothes were on the front lawn porch. Oh, wow. And can I tell you, John, that's an indicator. <laughs> When you come home and everything you own is on the front porch, there's transition in your horizon. I think that would be okay. And so I had no car. I had nothing. And I had to wait for my friend. I was living in Kilgore, Texas at the time. I had to wait for a friend of mine to come get me from Shreveport. I'm standing out there in the heat of the summer in Texas. And my oh. ex-wife on one end of the, not at the time, but my wife was on one end of the porch. Her mother was on the other end of the porch. Oh, yeah. I'm standing in the, the mother's middle. there. Yeah. Horrible. So yeah. clothes on the front lawn, mother-in-law there, you know this is not going to turn out good. And so anyway, when we got divorced, the church that I was with said, you additionally need to find a new career. So wow. I couldn't be divorced and, pa- and, and be in the ministry. Oh. And so I'm like, okay. So I went into insurance. I have always found easy entry, low barrier opportunities in business. And insurance is not hard to get into. Mm -hmm. So I got my license. I started selling. Had a wonderful 26-year career. And then I decided one day that I couldn't take any more. And the reason for it is... You were in insurance for 26 years? 26 years. No kidding. Yeah. Are we just meeting? I know. No, John. I'm just getting the full like. <laughs> I, right. I've heard the he story, but research. I didn't get the details <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. before. So 26 years. We, we skipped over those. Yeah, I, I I sold individual insurance, and then the last gig I had uh, was with AIG. Okay. And so we set up the partnership that I was with. That's not. I wasn't a partner. I, the guy that he partner was a, at AIG. Yeah. No, it, we were a partner with AIG. Okay. <laughs> and so. We built and set up offices for them all across the country in the supplemental side of their uh, division of their company. And so they gave us a bunch of money. We blew through it pretty quickly, and they wanted to move operations to New York. Now, Leanne, think about this. <laughs> of all the stretches that you could might consider, <laughs> me in New York would have to be like at the top of the list as yeah. far as a stretch. I went yeah. like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not going up there. 
and that. So I didn't. And we stayed and tried to hang in there, and the business fell apart, and Connie and I lost everything we owned. Oh, wow. I mean, everything we owned. And it wasn't nobody's fault but mine because I just, like, over-leveraged myself because I'm, you know, we're killing it, and I'm making big money, and, like, I'm spending every dime we made. And when you get to a point to where all the money's gone and um, there's no sense or source for where next is going to happen, it threw us into a ditch. And so I blame nobody but myself. And it almost about ruined our marriage. Wow. And so we picked up and moved to Burleson, Texas, where my family was. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And so <laughs> I started selling drywall. No kidding. Wow. Like I'm, for a supplier or what? Just, just a, a local a contractor. roofer. And I'm like, I mean, I'm sorry, a, lo- a local drywall contractor. And uh, because he had paid me 500 bucks a week. And so, I mean, I could sell. I wasn't worried about selling. So yeah. I just went and started calling on builders and <laughs> built a huge build it business for him. And then I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so my nephew came to me and said, he's a builder in the Metroplex. And he goes, you know what you ought to do? I'm like, no. He said, roofing. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> life ain't that bad yet. <laughs> I still got a little bit of breath in me. The last thing I'm doing is getting into roofing. He, then he started telling me the kind of money they made. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> so again, Low barrier to entry, especially in Texas. Yep, everyone's a roofer in Texas. And so I started, I started selling. And the cool thing was, I didn't, I knew policy. So when I got to that point oh, with yeah. the homeowner, with the insurance side boom, of it. I was just, it was easy. Everything for clicked me. for you. But I couldn't, I, I didn't know. I, number one, I hated heights. Oh yeah. So I couldn't like, like getting up on ladders and yeah. on pitched roofs. And they roofs. didn't have all the. They didn't have the eagle the view drone. Eagle oh, view no, drones I had to drop then. tape. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most yeah. people don't even know what drop tape is. I don't. What does that mean? Yes, you do. No, I don't. So it, you have to measure, literally hand measure the roof with tape. Oh, okay. That's, oh, <laughs> yeah. I know the this phrase is the, now. This is the, the terminology from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And so uh, as bad as I was at math, I had a really good... It's hard to do. Yeah, it, well, Roofs Con- are so hard to So measure. my wife now, who you know, Connie, she's like my current wife. The amazing wife. Yeah, the, the amazing long wife. wife. The, the wife. She would take me out because she had an advanced, or close to an advanced math degree. Her and Jordan are like really, really smart with math. And so yeah. she would take me out on Sundays and like show me how to measure roofs. And she would say, this is just rectangles and triangles. <laughs> just just yeah. like algebra. And I'm like, here's the problem, dear. I only made it through pre-algebra. <laughs> So if it's like full algebra, we got problems. Right? That's why God paired you with her. Right. And so about that time when I started kind of getting it, I could do the up and overs pretty easily, but Eagle View came out and some of the other technologies came out. And so kind of, my, anyway, I, I saw, I went in and I started selling a bunch of roofs. I, I mean, I learned this business from the ground up. I mean, I knocked doors and mm-hmm. first storm I ever worked was in San Antonio, a little pocket storm down around SeaWorld. And uh, I worked for a guy, good friend of mine, Brandon Smythe, still good friends. Uh, he owns uh, Ken Elliott Roofing in Texas. And so he hired me. And then he, here was his training. I promise you, get in the truck with me. I'm like, okay. He said, now I'm going to show you three times what to say at the door. You ought to be able to figure it out past then. Gave me a handful <laughs> of contracts yes. and pushed me out. And I started knocking doors and getting up on roofs and 
Um, did no damage. So an adjuster, the first adjuster I met with, I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to be candid with you. I have no idea what I'm looking. And these roofs were smoked. I mean, like smoked. There was no question about it. He gave me a little 30-minute tutorial on damage, bought the roof. I went down and uh, uh, dealt with the homeowner. It was easy for me. And then I spent the next four years just selling, selling, wow. selling. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we, it, we were able to recover financially. Yeah. And so back then, there were no mortgages in, on checks. So the adjusters would literally get in their trucks, write the estimate, print it off, and cut a check. Yeah. Easy peasy. So it's, it was easy to catch up financially then. Then I got a call from a guy who ran a managed repair company. Mm -hmm. And I went to work for him for three and a half or three years. And I learned that side of the business in terms of relationship to contractors and the insurance company. Totally different. Mm -hmm. 100% so different. different. Um, and then I got, during that time, I met Michael Carver and Greg Bloom at Beacon. And for some unknown reason, they thought I'd be a great fit there. And I went there and it was the best three and a half years of my life. That's awesome. I mean, I met a lot more people. That role was very visible on the national account team. And so it, I will always be grateful for them for pushing me into the industry at the level they did. Because, I mean, very seldom did I go somewhere now than in a roofing event that I don't know people. Right. Yeah. And so it Which was we're a, at a roofing event. Yeah. And Stan Bassick yeah. is preaching up a storm. He's on fire. He is on is fire. On yep. fire. And I love that guy. Oh, it's the skateboard video. Yeah. He's, oh, okay. he's talking about he's, he's screaming dude. about people falling. Yeah. It's pretty epic. And then I got I, when I, I felt like about a year and you were part of these conversations about a year ago, year and a half ago, no, really bit. It was at RoofCon in November, two years ago. I just felt like the Lord was speaking to me like, I want you to run, I want you to chase your call like you've chased your career. And yeah. that was an interesting thing to me because I felt like I have this, this thing inside of me that really wants to help people, like really help them get over personal challenges and difficulties that I had faced. And maybe I could give them some insight on how to really, just through mentoring and leading them, how to manage their lives outside of what they're doing at work. And so March, I just said, I went to Greg back in November and I'm like, man, I, you know, I've got to make, I want to make a transition and change. And he said, we support you. And so um, in March, I think March 15th or April 1st, somewhere around there, I started, you know, my own little gig here. And, you know, um, it's just, so it's gone full circle. And my point in saying it all has. that is now, I don't feel guilty about all the stops I've made because yeah. it's, it's enriched me to know a lot that people come to me for and go like, you know, I've been in the distribution side of it. I've been in the sales side of it. I've been at the homeowner level. I've been, I mean, I've just done a lot. And so now I see my point is whatever you're going through is pointing you to a moment it's needed. Yeah. Right. So whatever you're doing and whatever you're going through is just preparation for whatever's next that you encounter in your life. You can't look at it like, you know, I tried this and it failed and I tried this and it worked. And why wasn't I there that long? And it's all preparing us for right now. And so yeah. today is all that matters to me. Seriously. And I, all I, the experience you gained. People, yeah. you can't learn the experience That's that right. you learned. That's a great point. You and can. so I offer that to people. Now, that's what I do. I just have relationships with folks that see me in a mentoring capacity. 
And the word mentor is just experienced, trusted advisor. It doesn't mean I'm smarter or better. It's just I'm more experienced. And yeah. so some people will have warmed to me to go like, hey, how about this, 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 and this? And I'm able to give them some thought. I don't make people's decision for them. Mentors don't do that. You just want to help people pull from themselves what's needed for their lives. Because here's what I know. If Leanne or John about their own life figure something out, the likelihood of it staying put increases exponentially as opposed to me coming in and going like, Leanne, you need to do this. John, you need to do this. There's no rhyme, reason, understanding behind it. But once you connect internally, it's stuff that will be noticeable and lasting. And that's what I'm after is like, how do we get people to understand so that they can apply and that they can see the change and the things that they want actually happen? And so I don't like go in and say, here's the answer. I just go in and try to help people walk through the steps to figure it out themselves. That's cool. And then if I can dump some knowledge on them in terms of, you know, you know, I'm having trouble with this, that, or the other that I've been through, then man, I'm able to kind of pour into their lives that way. That's so cool. And we've done, we've done some really cool interviews in this, in this, uh, in this series here in this this channel but you know what i've what i find interesting about this is and this is i think an indicator of not necessarily success but the future i think that you know in the past a lot of people you said you said you felt guilty over being in so many roles among you know all this time but at the end of the day though i think that like leanne said that's that's a strength but not just that but there's so much um, I think the next generation coming up, this, this is going to become more and more common, where people are going to have to find, you know, they're gonna, they're, gonna, they're not going to stay at jobs for very long yeah. like they used to. Yeah. Um, well, there's more opportunity that has never been before, like the with yeah. social media and the internet and all and of the, that. Everyone like being so connected. The conne- exactly, the connections you can make and the opportunities that come about is not what was 50 years ago but if you flip the coin over to corporate america is different the way they see people now too yes so that it's you know basically a number you're you know there and i'm not saying everybody's like that but so there's a lot of migration out of this big corporate lives where like if you could go to a big company in, in the past and stay there 20 30 years 40 years then you leave with a pension and all that the level of loyalty now looks different from both sides of the mm-hmm. coin than it ever yes. has before yeah that's 100%. a great point because that's true yeah and yeah. It's, so the security that you always felt with being with a big company i don't feel the same about that anymore right and it's not that they're wrong or i'm right or i'm right and they're wrong or whatever however you want to look at it it's just an evolution and so talent and technology has pushed a lot of that button right to where people they go like you know has anybody ever gone back to everybody needs to come in the office now every day anymore? Some companies have. But how many of them? Not, I mean, I, I don't right. think like 100%. I mean, no. It's, it's, I'm sure there's there's a lot of them out there, yeah. but it's yeah. still different. It depends on the company. It, the, yeah, the, it depends the, on the, the company, the state, and all of that. But, but if, I, if you're an employee and you're forced to go some, it, it, now people have a taste in their mouth about yes. what different looks like. Yes, yeah. so a taste of freedom. Exactly. That's what this new generation That's wants. Right. They want the freedom of schedule, the freedom to do what yeah. they want. They know what it feels like to work from home. Yeah. So it has opened up their eyes to where it's like, to them, it's not about the money and security. It's about having the freedom. That's right. So how are you, now that you're evolving again, though, restarting, 
Yeah. How do you find that to be going? Like as far as, you know, the reinvention of Reggie right now at this stage. So I had somebody, and I, I don't know how y'all, I, I think I know how y'all feel about this. I don't know how who's listening will feel about this. But back in May of last year, I had somebody, I think, speak prophetically over my life. Like yeah. I was at a meeting with a coach of mine from college. I was at a reunion. I hadn't been seeing these guys in 40 years, literally. And I walked in the room, and the first guy who sees me is my head coach. And when I saw him, I began to cry. Mm. And it was like he didn't speak to me. He didn't, I just saw he him, felt and I'm like, oh, my God. And Connie's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no. I mean, I'm like, I'm tore up. He grabs me, and he holds me, and he embraces me. And it wasn't just a, hey, how are you doing, hug. It was like our energy exchange. It was like, yeah. it was there's something, and I'm getting goosebumps here thinking about that, just that stinking embrace. And over the weekend, I was able to spend time with guys I hadn't seen in 40 years, and John, and it felt like I was with them yesterday. Yeah. There was a connection oh. that happened between me and them 40 years ago that time could not erase. Right. And so the coach said to me this, we're in a, the last closing kind of ceremonies, and we're just sitting there talking. And we're, there's 40 or 50 of us there. And he's cruising the room, and he gets to me, and he looks at me. And he had these steely eyes that it just, like, look through you. And I felt like he was going to make me run laps or something. It's like, <laughs> he's like, like up downs or something. Like, oh, I'm shit. like, oh, my God, you can't do that anymore to me. <laughs> and so he said, stand up. And I'm like, stand up? What do you mean? He said, stand up. And so I stood up in front of my team, and I start crying again. And he says to me this. He goes, I've watched you from afar for 40 years. And he said, I've noticed something about you that I want to share with you that I think is going to reshape your life. I'm like, fire. He said, this is the last time you have ever been committed to a team. Mm. When you left Evangel, you left team behind. And so what happened was you went out on your own and depended upon your own resource and your own ability, and you've had great highs, but you've hit the bottom many, many times. And I've watched it, and I've been afraid to even approach you. He said, but what I realized is this. You better find team again. Because in team, you find resource and connection and capability that exceeds what you're able to do yourself. So yeah. to me right now... And he said, in your 60s, you're going to have more impact than you had in your 30s, 40s, and 50s combined. I'm 63. Hmm. And so what we tend to do is go like this. I'm 60. Oh, about time to retire. 60, ass, wind it down. I'm going to buy that pusher. And <laughs> right. Exactly. And just Connie and I travel in the country. The good news is Connie and I are traveling around the country, and I'm still working, right? right. And so I have this. I feel like impregnated, if you will, with this notion of helping people understand the power of team and their individual contribution and what impact it can have, not just internally, but on everything they touch in life. You need team. You need people that you can pull resource from that you, when you don't have it, you don't, you've lost your juice or something's caused you to be distracted and you've lost your way. You want to talk about culture, building cohesiveness and team creates longevity of life in business like you can't imagine because now we're tugging together. Now we're pulling together. So when he yeah. spoke that word over me, I felt like, oh my gosh, there it is. I mean, I need to help people, first of all, become, you know, 
that people just struggle with things. All of us do. Mm-hmm. Every, every one of us have something that we battle with, that we're distracted by, that affects our performance. So I want to help people through some coaching really understand the power of themselves and being a part of a team and what creations that has for them in their future, number one. And number two, I'm having the opportunity to now to really speak life into people in mentoring. I do calls with leaders in their organizations every week. It's like, you know, not just, hey, this is what you need to be doing, but this is what you need to be thinking about. You know, how do you extract this out of yourself and your organization so that the change that happens will last? And then the final thing is I'm still thankfully getting opportunities to go speak and, you know, like with you guys. And yep. um, um, and then, you know, that gives me, because I had to analyze that and then I'll shut up. I had to analyze that and I'm like, what am I doing that for? Like, is this just an ego stroke for me? Like, is this just something that I need because I, I'm, I've always been needing attention and needing people to like approve me. And so I, I, I mean, I had to walk through this and go like, I'll cut this off if this is what this is about. But I told you this and I'm gonna say it again publicly. When, when that spirit returned to me to go speak again was when you asked me to meet you at RoofCon and uh, be on your panel. And there was like 13 people there at that. I mean, we, you know, it was just kind of casual. And, but it was the most profound moment, one of the most profound rebirths in my life because I sensed and I felt that gifting in who I am start yeah. surfacing again. And it was coming out of me because I had given up on it. I'm, like, I'm 61 years old and, you know, my time has passed and I can't. You my know, time has passed. You know, so I'm going to just pass the mantle on to John and Jonathan <laughs> and Eric and all of that. And then I just, I felt like I was convicted in that. And so like when you asked me to sit there, you called me and I'll I'll never from where I stand it. I guess I'm a ball bag. I mean, I just cry all the time, it seems like. But (laughs) when you asked me to come sit down there, you you were like casually, hey, yeah, you probably just had somebody cancel or something. And he's like, (laughs) Reggie sat in with this. I hung the phone up and started bawling like a baby. And Connie's again like, okay. What's wrong now? This doesn't add up. (laughs) I'm not sad. I'm excited because I think I've proven myself, listen, to be more interested in what's in me affecting other people than what gain it creates for me. That's a powerful thought. When everything you're doing is just about what you can get out of it, you're going to top out. Eventually, people are not going to start paying. They're going to stop paying as much attention to you, even if you're interesting, right? Because people want out of something from you that they can use for them. Mm-hmm. And so when you make that shift of this, what I'm feeling, what I'm hearing, what I'm sensing, what I'm writing, what I'm blogging, or I mean, uh, doing podcast on is really to empower and equip people, things change. And so now the reason I speak is to provoke people. Like, I, you know, when somebody says, Nobody, you know this, mm-hmm. nobody asked me to come talk about shingle and distribution. Nobody. They, nobody ever did. <laughs> <laughs> they called Greg or Michael. <laughs> For me, they just sensed life coming out of me in kind of a, a way that provoked people. The problem when I was at Beacon or anywhere else is I would provoke these people, and they'd be like, oh, my God, yeah, I sense, I feel that, I, I know. That's one of the first times you and I and Clint met yeah. was at John's event in, at, in Indianapolis. Yeah. Yes. And so... I felt a connection to them 
And I think they felt that some of the things that were coming out of me had meaning. If you provoke people, then they would come up to me and go like, not them, but not Clinton, Leanne, but some of the people come up to me and go, man, what do I do with this? I'm like, I got no clue. I'm, I gotta go sell shingles. <laughs> and so now it's turned for me full circle where I'm now able not just to go like, you know, thus saith me right, regarding an issue, but now look, let's, here's a plan, here's a way, here's a, some things that we can do to get you from where you are to where you need or wanna be. And that's what it's all about for me. Dude, that's so cool. I love it. And I love like that your story isn't ending yet. Right. I think oh, it it's gives just getting going. so many people hope. And and I just know people like the younger generations, mm-hmm. they need to understand like, you know, you gotta experience life and go through stuff to really become successful. You know, I think these younger generations see everything on social media yeah. and they're like, I want this now. I want to be successful now. I want to have yeah. everything now. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, you have to put the time in. Yeah, yeah you got to go time through in. it right. all. Yep. And you see like Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, T- uh, Tony Robbins, all these people, they became successful later on in life because yeah. they put the work in. Yeah. And that's what I love about your story is mm. it shows this younger generation like, hey, it never stops. It's going to keep going, and that's a great thing. Yeah. It's a great, great thing. So I read something the other day, or maybe I made this up. I, am I, <laughs> I can't remember. But <laughs> the fact is, um, and I just blanked out what I was going to say. Hold on a minute. It's come back to me. Oh, I know what it is. We have a society that is full of people addicted to advice. Mm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, because it's all out there. We just it was we never did, out we there don't before. Want, well, it's past that. Yeah, to me. it's like we don't want to think for ourselves. We don't want to put the work in. So what do we do? We go buy a book, or we yeah. listen to a podcast, or and those are all great. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you gotta make a decision. You have got yeah. to learn to will yourself up, and you've yep. got to learn to go like, "This is my life. This is mm. what the decisions I've got to make." And I love the input. I love it from different people. But so. When people call me and go like, so I need some advice on this. I go like, so let's talk through how that works with me. And I'm going to engage their brain. I'm going to engage other parts of them to where they know, because here's what I do believe. I really believe that people are creative and resourceful. Yeah. And I think by and large, though we have some broken parts, we're pretty complete. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if John takes the time to put his hand to his own plow, and start working and it will be willing to confront some issues that he knows are there, but he's just kind of been casual with in the past. That's when transformation happens. It's like where you go from like, <laughs> I'm going to work on this, especially avoiding this. And then if I stay on your neck, so to speak, John, what are you doing? How are you doing it? What, you know, and we're journeying together. It, the chances of you being able to get past that are exponentially better. And so to me, I want you to be fully equipped and you fully aware and you fully uh, committed to how do I figure this out? Because I'm not going to always be there. All these people you're seeking advice for are not always going to be there. I said on my podcast the other day, I said this, when you're looking for a mentor, I didn't do it on a podcast, I just did it in a post. <clears throat> when you're looking for a mentor, one of the things that I think you need to look for someone who's mentoring and, and coaching you is how present they are in your life. Yeah. So you can buy all the books you want. You can listen to all the podcasts that you want. 
But when it comes to it and you need to talk to somebody or you need to break bread with somebody to spend time with them, you need to find somebody that's real time ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so open your horizon. Start looking around you and, you know, like, good. I, I mean, I, I order books left and right and I'm here stacked up on my desk. Oh, I want that. But I never look to those people to mentor me. I never look right. to those people to yep. coach me. I'm, I have coaches that are real time, real time. And so that's where I see myself is I'm a real time guy. If I mentor, if I coach you, there's going to be real conversations. Yeah. There's going to be real time together. And I'm not saying, again, books and podcasts, I have them all. I listen to all of them. But when it comes to real life, I want somebody I can put my hand on, we can touch, we can talk. Accountability. And, and, and yeah, that they know me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I do love that. And that's that's what this is all about, your new journey, your next yeah. steps. Like now you're just going to pour into contractors and yeah. people in general. And, and that to me is probably going to be the most fulfilling part of your life. This is, sorry yes. to interrupt, this is the big deal though. What I'm doing now is for generations to come. It's yeah. not for me. Yeah. I have decided, and you've heard me talk about this, I'm committed to the poor factor, P-O-U-R. How do I pour into the right people that they can have the generational differences? I mean, that season of my life is past. Don't, and I'm not fishing for, oh no, it's not, because it is. But what my, my, my season is now is finding people that will receive me, they'll open their heart, and they'll put the work in. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can pour into them, and then they're going to be the ones that affect generations to come. Last story, maybe. <laughs> so I was with a guy, and I'm going to call his name because we all know him. Huge influencer in the roofing space. So we had never met. And he called me. And cl- I was actually, was at when, no, I was at Jen Silver's event in uh, Indianapolis, I wasn't speaking. I was there to see y'all. Okay. And I walked, went over there just because Beacon was a sponsor and I dropped That's when we had that dinner. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I go and I sit and this guy, I walk in the room and he's on the platform and he like locks into my eyes. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, (laughs) I've never met him. And so he comes up to me and said, hey, I'm Reggie Brock. He said, yeah, I know. And he's (laughs) like, can we meet? And I'm like, well, sure. So we sit down and he goes... I want you to know something. He said, I believe the message within me is to reach a billion people. And so he goes, straight up, how many people do you think you're going to reach with your message? Now, my instinct was to go like, well, a billion and one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's the way we're wired. It's like, whatever you can do, player, I'm going to go one over. But I, I think the compelling part of me to truth about really where I'm headed came out before I even knew it. And I said to him, Dude, I'm called to the ones. He's like, that's a small vision. I'm like, it's because you don't understand. He's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, at my time in life, I am looking to pour what I am into others for their benefit because my ones are going to reach generations. And so I'm looking for a small group of people. Dude, I'm not looking for like hundreds of thousands of people. I want to have intimate relationships with people who will let me in their lives and speak to them like Mike Coday. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I had, we had the opportunity to meet with Mike, Leanne and Clint's the other day for, not the other day, in December for lunch. I'd never met Mike, but I know him. Both of y'all have had great experiences with Mike. Mike's an influencer an impactor to me, not an influencer, an impactor. Yeah. Gets in your life mm-hmm. and there's a mark to show it when he leaves. Yes. 
And so that's what I want to do. I want to have, and I don't think Mike has, he may, thousands of people that he works with. No, he's exclusive. Yeah. And so that exclusivity creates a level of impact that's hard to buy. Yeah. And so I see guys like that. I go like, ha, ha. I'm not really worried about like millions. I'm worried about ones and twos and I'm worried about finding Clinton Leanne's and I'm worried about finding yeah. uh, Priscilla's and John's and I'm worried about fi- that like they resonate, we we connect and then they've got work to do. And then I step yeah. in and go like, let's do some work. Yeah. No, I, I love, love that. It. Dude, I it's so so it. impactful. And there's so much to to be said about that. And it, you know, we haven't announced this yet. Well, I think by the time this comes out, it will be announced. Yeah. But yeah. we're going on tour together. Yeah. Yes, the Coast to Coast Coast tour. to Coast Tour. Coast, baby. Uh, Beacon OC, there's a whole bunch of great sponsors that are coming with us. But Reggie is going to be opening up every mm. single one of those stops. Mm-hmm. Yes. And best part is it's free for contractors to come. And yes. you get an entire day of just learning about how to make your business better and connecting with other contractors in your area. And so you got to go check this out. Uh, we'll be in Trenton, Boston, Pittsburgh, Orlando, Salt Lake City, and San Francisco. Yes, you got so it. I said it right. You yeah. said it right and in an order. Yeah. Did I say it in order? You did. Look at that. So, yeah. So anyways, you guys got to get on this tour. We'll have more announcements. I'll make sure to put the link in there. But Reggie's going to be speaking. And, um, you know, I'm a huge Reggie Brock fan. I'm just going to say that. We both are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knows that, you know, we've we've have so much respect for what you do. And I thank you for for sharing your message and being being so open with this industry and loving loving people. Like, that's the thing. Like, industry is not so much about business as much as it is about people and connections. And that's right. How do we all grow together? And if you, Mm -hmm. listen, we have more talent in terms of offerings of tools than we've ever had before. Like I told y'all earlier, I used to drop tape. And then now you've got all this technology that has eased what we do in terms of hard skills kind of things. It's just done for us. Here's the problem. If you've got good (laughs) processes and tools, but your people aren't equipped to use them effectively, the answer is not buying more tools. Right. (laughs) But that's what contractors do, man. We're good at buying tools. I have more tools than I never use. It's the easy way, right? And so what we've been conditioned to think is, well, the reason you're not performing is because you don't have the right tool set. Mm. And that... I think Can it, you speak at that at the tour at the on the tour? Oh my gosh. That's gotta be your message, man. Yes. Yeah. Well, at these events. It's all wait, about don't speak on it anymore. You guys need to come out. You need no, to this hear is this. Good. Okay. So you've got to prioritize people again. And so I, here's the example that I use. So like I told you, I for five years I sold. I mean, and so I've managed some guys and sales, and but one of the things that I did really smart was I went out and spent a week in the field with my installers. And so mm-hmm. I, I carried their bundles. We didn't have rooftop, like we, a bunch of weenies in Florida. You have to have everything. In Indiana, we we roof load. So we, yeah, y'all we park it on weenies. the ground. No, no, we park it on the ground and we take it up, okay? Okay, y'all roof load. Yeah, we, no, yeah, yeah the you guys, Beacon or whoever doesn't roof load anything for us. Yeah, so they roof load here. Yeah, so they do it for you. That's pansy. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> exactly. When I was 14, I was taking shingles up the ladder. There okay, let's be real. So I learned a lot about these guys. They're the real athletes on the job. I mean, these guys are true athletes that can do that kind of stuff. And I saw that video you had the other day where that guy had that um uh, what was that video with the guy abiel would know what it was i'm sure yeah i 
I want to get the story right before I tell it. But anyway, <laughs> I thought to myself, back that time, I was like, you know, we guys have all of these tools, but yet still we lack in performance. But watch this. I said, what if, and this was hypothetical in my own fat head, I'm like, if I go and buy the bet, back then we hand nailed. You know, I mean, there was yeah. not new. I mean, people weren't using pneumatic guns that much. It was just pap, pap, hand nailing. That was like a selling point for a while. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. People were like yeah. proud of it. And so my guys were hand nailing. And so I thought, if I go buy, if I want the best crews in the world, I need to go buy them the best hammers available. This is what I'm thinking. And this was just like, I was having this imagery in my head. And so in my head, I go and buy the m nicest, most expensive tool available in the hammer that they could ever have. And I thought to myself, I buy them a hammer. They're going to be more efficient. We're all going to make more money in, in less time. So I went out in my mind and I bought all these hammers and I took them to the site and I handed them out to these guys and they were looking at the tools and I realized that they all had broken arms. <laughs> so the lesson I learned from that kind of dream of mine was you can put great tools in the hands of people who have broken parts and if they parts don't work, the swing ain't gonna be any better. So. If I'm getting tools and putting them in the hands of people who are broken, are they're 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 missing some cylinder action, so to speak? They're just, <clears throat> they're not able to fully function. My tools don't change that. Right. Mm -hmm. So all these fancy tools, great, but slow down on the tools and let's focus on your people and how they can get better at the swing. Because if they get better at the swing, then the tools are going to be far more impactful and more efficient. And the, the, the return that you're looking for, uh, you can count on more often. What we do, though, is we think, I don't, so like if the, this tool ain't working, we get, hey, I got another tool. We buy that one. Yep. Then yeah. That one don't work. And we never stop and think, well, maybe we're just missing the target. It's yeah. not like. And all my tool buddies, don't get mad at me because I think we need you, but we need people who are efficient and effective and people who are not broken, who are constantly using the tools so that we can all have great experience from using the tools that you provided. Does that make sense? No. And so yeah. it's people sense. to me above process and tools. So if we can get people built and connected and growing and getting stronger, the use of your tools and the strategy that you're trying to get really up and running has a better chance of survival people people let's fix them yeah man that's good i actually Boom. want to go and record another another supplementing class at like part of my platform now and just change the whole foundation to it now <laughs> I, i'm I mean, serious because it it's 100 percent true like they can it go is. through the platform and learn it and they can go like you said buy any tool here buy any service here and if it's not in the hands of the right people or people that are equipped to actually use it, yeah. it's worthless. So I told, I, Leanne's probably heard me say this, but I saw a statistic done by Inc. Magazine the other day, not the other day, about a year ago, and, and, and the article read this, that 47% of the American workforce today comes into work every day, listen to this, as self-proclaimed self underachievers, mm. underperformers. You're not, as they're the owner telling them that they're telling you that I come in here every day and I'm going to underperform. I promise you, John, I'm going to come in here every day and I'm going to underperform. So before I read any further in the article, cause I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. And then I started thinking, well, 
what, what would I think the reason would be? And then I thought to myself, poor training, bad culture, you know, um, you know, they don't pay right, they're stealing money, just things that we hear. And if you read the article further, it says this, the 47% self-admitted underachievers said this, the reason I am is because I've got personal distractions outside of this work that I drag to work with me every day that keeps me performing at my utmost. Wow. Yeah. And so you can't take a person just because they're on your payroll and forget about their personal distractions. Yeah. yeah. They're always going to exist. They're going to exist. The question is, how can you assist them without crossing HR lines and all that other kind of stuff? How do you help them? And that's where I think I come in. We're doing stuff that's <clears throat> very personal and very private, and it's kept aside. And, you know, people don't, they're not having to fear that somebody knows something and they, you know, John then or Leanne then has to let them go because they've something surfaced that you're not comfortable with anymore. And so it's a delicate walk. But I'm telling you, until people become more complete and more developed and more willing to be vulnerable, we stay tapped out because our processes and our tools can only take us so far. And then somebody's got to swing something. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's good. Yeah. Some gold right there. So y'all get out to these coast to coast. I'm yeah. opening up every event, and I promise you this, I'm going to bring some heat. <laughs> yeah, come meet Reggie. <laughs> you got to come meet him. No, it's going to be awesome. And I, you know, Reggie, every time you speak, I always just lock in because it's just so impactful, and it, it hits from a different, from a whole different angle that, you know, you're not expecting, and it just completely yep. can change your outlook on, on what you're doing as a business owner, as a salesperson, as no matter what, as a human. Yeah. That's the whole point. There's such a human element to what you do and what you bring that it affects people. Yeah. And I love yeah. that. So thank you. So get out to coast to coast. Yeah. Um, come we'll, on. Yeah. We'll put the link here in the bio for the event page. There's the tickets are free. You do have to register, but just grab one well, of those. Well, I was going to say anybody wants to come out by their ticket, but. Oh yeah. You can say that. You yeah. can tell yeah. everyone that. Free. That's go what I'm going to tell Just use my code. Just Reggie's my code. got you. Okay? Yeah. Just just go to this specific link, and yeah. these are these are free tickets. There you go. <laughs> we'll give you Reggie's link here. Yes. Yeah, the, there you go. For the free tickets. <laughs> for the free tickets. Reggie has an affiliate link. That's right. So, no, these are going to be great. Lunch will be provided. We'll have a great time. You'll have some great yes. networking, happy hour, all that good stuff. So we're excited about and it. Y'all are going Sign to up. some cities that are like... Off the beaten path, which I'm excited about. They're not yeah. off the beaten path. Well, There's I, contractors in all these cities. I know. They're just not cities. But they're that not where everybody goes. All where the everyone time. Yeah. goes, yeah. and it's not that they're just not the the we're typical. Different. We're okay. different. Hey, we're in different. Trenton, any right. chance I can meet Tony Soprano? Possibly, maybe. maybe. I don't know if he's going to be there or not. But let me, yeah, let That'd me. That'd be great. Let me talk to some people. I'm a huge Soprano see if he's fan. On LinkedIn. So, yeah. Let's see if he's on LinkedIn. <laughs> the problem is, if he is, he's dead. So that <laughs> that's a problem. That, that so is a huge that's problem. That's a huge problem. But Trenton will be fun. Yeah, Boston's yes. be fun. Maybe yeah, we'll be fun. go yeah. to Fenway. Oh, I'm trying to go to Fenway. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind I'll of be good. Y'all come join us. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening today. Yes. And uh, from Tampa, Florida. Yeah. Home of the Bucks. Go Bucks. Oh, we'll talk about that. All right. (laughs) We'll see you guys. Peace. We really hope this story has inspired you to chase your American dream. Do you have a great story to share? We'd love to hear it. All you got to do is send us an email to stories at AmericanContractorShow.com. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. And share it with others. Inspiration should always be shared. 